Okay, part three. I'm not sure how many parts this will have, but I'm just going along and giving what was presented to me. And I wanted to say that God has a way to draw you back. He draws you out of things and he takes you into things. And sometimes you're not always aware or comprehending what all of it is. It's just happening. And sometimes you just have to be less busy and get with him. And he, he will show you. And you may be doing something you never thought you'd be doing. But it isn't in our thought perspective. It isn't in our thought perspective. I thought I had a ministry, and I thought I had different stages and different things that would build upon that. And, you know, um, it never, it never came the way I thought. the way I planned it. And maybe, you know, I need to realize that that's a good thing. Because I'm then following the Lord. I'm on His time scale. He's going to build it. I got what I needed. go by what he gives me because I can't do it in the way he wants it I will only do it by the way my efficiency is what I perceive, what I have thoughts on. It may be totally different than that. And maybe that's the waiting on the Lord process. Be willing to wait on it or to change course. But sometimes it'll feel like you're in the wilderness and you're wondering all sorts of things. (laughs) Did I miss it? You know, everything. But if your focus is on Him, you will find the way through it. Because His Holy Spirit is there. And things seem falling apart, but they're not. So, one of the things I got this weekend totally bit different than what I've heard, but yet I have been in the mainstream churches. I've mostly been in non-denominational churches, but I've been in all sorts, all sizes. And 
kind of see what she's talking about. It is from Truth Hunters. And the title of it was New World Disorder in Worship. So that shouldn't be any surprise because we're all in disorder. And many Christians perceive they're not. But we're all human. And yes, we gave our lives to Christ, but He's working through things to cleanse everything, to change everything, to give you a new way. And therefore, He has to work through patterns and behaviors and attitudes and the flesh. And, you know, He has to work through all that. So nobody, nobody is, is free from disorder unless you give it all, all over to him. I still have disorder, and I have to be constantly aware. And it, when it rises up, I have to give it over to him. I just have to remove myself from it and give it over to him. That's the process. Sometimes it's very hard not to say something or do something or, you know, think something. It's contrary to everything that you're trying to follow. But if you want the Holy Spirit there guiding, then you find a way. You find a way to back off from that flesh. Because Jesus accepted everybody where they were from, where they were at, who they were, everything. So if I don't example that, then I'm not that I'm not uh, doing the will of God. I'm not presenting well. And a lot of people will say, "Well, I have, I have the um, need to warn people." There's the, there's the whole thing. I have the need to warn people. I thought God did that. If it was from God, then God would be speaking through you, not you in your flesh. And getting all upset and all focused on telling people what they need to do and what they need to follow and what they, you know, all the should, coulds, would'ves, everything. So you have to listen real, real carefully because there might be something else behind it that they're not even aware of. Okay. They're acting, thinking it's it's the right thing to do. And it's our obligation to the Lord to do it. But the Lord has a soft 
way about him. If even in warnings, I, I told you I got a warning this weekend from a very prophetic man, and he was spot on. And but he wasn't agitated or coming at people or anything in his warning. He was encouraging. He was loving. He presented it. For guidance. For understanding. And it pointed to Jesus. going on in the physical about physical authority and you have to do right by that physical authority because it was given to us by God When the physical authority isn't acting right and is lawless and tyrannical and then no, Jesus is our highest authority. And Jesus gave us choice. told we can't even talk about it. What's that about? We can't talk about it or we'll be against them. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> and we'll have punishment for it. And we'll be condemned. <laughs> and what's that sounding like? That's sounding like the enemy. People have to be forced to do this. A Christian actually said that to me. A Christian. I, I think that comes more from opinion than from anything else because Jesus doesn't force anything. Just like, whoa, I'm not condemning you for your opinion. If that's what you feel, fine. If that's what you feel, but that's where it is. You're feeling it, it's in that realm of fleshly things, it's opinionated, it's judgmental. amazed. I won't ever argue with her because there's no point. There's just no point. I accept her for where she's at. God loves her. I love her. It's not about everything that's going on. Now she's pulled out of the church that she was going to because there were reactions all over the place. But God's sovereign. He's not punishing her. She's being pulled out. taken back a little. 
and God's going to show her. I don't need to say anything to her. In contrary, or my opinion or view or choice. Because it's God that's going to work in her life. If God wants me to say something to her, then I do. But if he gives you something to say, it's always a soft answer. Because he's a loving and kind God. And he's the one that corrects and judges. So you see that there's a there's boundaries within that of how you need to be and it always has to follow Christ what are you exampling in your in your walk what are you giving forth are you giving forth what the world needs to know well that's never worked has it you just present it and it has to be left alone because otherwise you start getting into other kinds of reactions and and problems you do because of all the mix of everything. I understand people have passion. But we have to examine our passion. It has to be tempered. God said that you would hear him in a still, small voice, not a raging So therefore, he gives things in a, a still, small voice. He's Even this process, it, it's in stages, it's, it's steps, just as we're seeing the other side take small steps towards the suppression, so other countries we're not seeing that, we're seeing total onslaught <laughs> but this country has a lot more things to consider and recently I heard this victory news channel they were speaking that you know they want people to rise up with guns they want it and they will pleasantly and nicely saying don't do it so I don't know how it's going to play out knowing man and how man reacts they may get what they want but that's to be seen because they have a game plan they have a game plan and so must we and we have the master at game plans behind us with us for us
into this this thing about the truth hunters new world disorder in worship and of course she spoke about that new movement that I talked about before the NAR and she says sometimes it can become very hateful in aspects I don't know um, she didn't give any examples she didn't name any people she didn't nothing so you know I don't know if that's just her opinion or what she's seen but she's not giving those things out so <laughs> I don't know and then we have the apostates and they're together So, she knows that what she speaks sometimes, people come after it for it, and certainly the devil's mad, because it's not mainstream Christian, and it's basically pointing out mainstream Christians. So, how the devil's gotten in. And the devil doesn't like that. He's got a game plan. So she cited Jesus came up against the religious system. He didn't go after Rome. In fact, Pontius Pilate didn't even want to crucify him. He, he didn't want that, but he did what the religious leaders wanted. So he gave him over to them. Because he, he didn't want to be responsible for Jesus' death, but the religious system which were the phony balonies, which were doing God's word right. Exerted their power. Now there was Judas. We all know about Judas. He betrayed Jesus. And the, the disciples of Jesus didn't even recognize that he would do that. That he had other motives in his heart and he sold Jesus for a piece of silver so what what is this parallel showing us all were deceived by Judas a person within their own circle with Jesus. When Jesus said many would come in the name of Christ. He was speaking about false prophets. Well, that's plural. False prophets. It may just not be one person here or there. It may be people representing Christ. Because Judas was a false prophet. He said he believed, he did everything they, you know, followed Jesus. Everything. But surprisingly, he was different, and his motive became clear. So Jesus said, don't be deceived. Make sure that you are not deceived. That means also in your own camp, your own circle.
your own religious standards, your own everything. Be alert for it. And then she definitely brought up the fact of the wheat and the tares and they look alike and all that. And, you know, she says this NARS movement has many different components in it that don't look good. That it presents good, but it's in a different style. She brought the fact that Catholics look like Christians, but they came from Rome, the system of Rome, when the church took over. That's why they called it the Roman Catholic Church. It was a system they devised, and it has different things in it. She definitely brought up the nat- nationalism fight. I don't really understand that yet. I don't, I'm still processing that because I don't know. It's tying in the national nationalism movement and. I've always seen that as good, to be proud of your country and stand for your country. So I'm not sure where she's coming from with that, but there, again, there wasn't many examples given. So I have to look into that a little bit more. Then she brought up uh, Revelation 17. And it speaks of seven mountains and the whole image of the beast and the Antichrist all comes out of that. And it's kind of involved. It will take a lot of uh, looking into, as I'm sure she has, on her own. So, global system definitely is happening. People will want him. They will see him as a savior. Um, And that's probably why everybody will go along with it. But we have to be wary of even things that look good because the apostate church is there. Everything that Jesus didn't want. The twisted teachings, the focus on basically building an empire. Of their own, so... I 
and I'm certainly a witness to that because I've been in 20, I'm sorry, in 12 churches in 25 years, and they all had a certain aspect to them that wasn't going along with, with Christ's teachings, an example, and there was just a lot of problems. And yes, you will get that when, when man is involved. When it becomes man-driven, you will get that. And I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I did mention a pastor that taught in my BA program that was totally the opposite. He had a church, was pastor of it, and he took no pay. But he did work at the university, and he was a, a psychologist So before that, and so he didn't need to take the money. So he put the money back into the church so they, they could do things. And what was the whole system of being a pastor, how it all began, was that's what you did. You worked a job, and then it was an obligation or a duty to be the pastor of a community. And so you didn't take money. You, you did it from that perspective of serving, that it was even set up with our government with our representatives. They all had things at home. They did their job. They did their things that they needed to do. And then they went back to the you know, location to meet so many times a year and, and do their business obligation to serve the people as representatives of their area. And then it got all t twisted and turned around and money was involved and now now we're in a great big mess. Payoffs, deals, everything. I mean, corruptness, you know, it's not what was intended on either, either things. So she did encourage to know the real truth on your own. And then she suggested come out, come out of that apostate church. So you can have eyes to see and ears to hear. And you're not deceived from the truth. And I read a book called so you don't want to go to church again you don't want to go to church and it was good it, it had some good things in it um, so there's a lot of things that we need to be looking at and thinking about and asking God She brought out Matthew 13, and it speaks about the different kinds of soils and everything. And um, she encouraged us to know the mysteries of the parables that are used because Jesus spoke in parables. And Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, confirms them. So that was that was good. Um, in verse 18 of Matthew 13, um, it talks about the sower. 
and that there was no firm root in the man. He was unfruitful. So she talks about God waiting on him, the remnant, to produce fruit. As in the parable of the fig tree. And that we all need to realize we need to repent of things because we're not perfect. So then in Matthew 13, 24, it talks about the tares and that the tares were sown into the good seed. And the enemy is part of that. And then it's all uprooted together. Verse 29. Uprooted together. Wheat with them. So that's how the threshing floor comes into play. That it, it separates. And then she went into the mustard seed thing, and she brought that out even further that I hadn't even realized. But she's in a rural agricultural area, and she said the mustard seed is not a tree, but yet it's referenced in the Bible as a tree. But we've got to remember that maybe Israel didn't have a lot of tall trees. Um being semi-desert Mediterranean there's a lot of small bushes or medium sized bushes but she said the mustard seeds in a bush form and then she stated that the birds nest in it. Well, the birds represent the kingdom of hell, so they're in the mustard seed tree or bush. So, you see they're parallel. They're together. Like the wheat and the tares. So, you have The apostasy as aspect coming in and then it's sown within the heart and it's deceiving and if you've ever been a part of the congregation you you're all going along maybe in like-mindedness and then something erupts. <laughs> it's not it's not that, it's something else. And so that probably is exposing that aspect. Then she says Jude, the book of Jude. A lot of that shows where we are today.
So Jesus was speaking a lot of deception that would be in the church, as well as elsewhere. But he was including the church in that. Why does he talk so much about different churches in Revelation and everything? And why, why did all the letters that were written, you know, go to different churches? Because it's going to the people of God. And of course, in the Jewish aspect, leaven is representing sin. So a lot of their feasts, they eat unleavened things. They have no yeast in it or anything that rises up. That's a symbolism or that to recognize sin. And then it's out of your life. So... There's things on that as well in the Bible that speak on the uh, negative aspect of loving. Because it may start as a little, a little bit. Like yeast rises, takes a couple hours. Well, it puffs up and gets huge. So when you've got a little bit of sin going on, then you realize later on it gets bigger and bigger. And it's like the yeast rising. So that's how that correlates. So she referenced the remnant right now is small. It is small. And Jesus referred to them as the sons of kingdom. And in verse 43 of Jude, the righteous shine forth. a description in Revelation 1 verse 12 a description of the remnant the feet of bronze in bronze you have to test in fire for it to shine and the voice of many waters many Waters as many nations. And we're seeing we're we're seeing many voices from many nations. And many nations are having distress. And we're seeing it all happen together. So it shows us what we're in what times we're in, what season, what stuff, you know, is happening or going to happen. She referenced the seven stars that are spoken in Revelation 1 represent seven, seven remnant leaders, seven churches. In Luke 10, just also uh, referenced in Revelation 5. And the two witnesses 
she referenced in her her uh, video is being the seven churches of fire, God God's fire, power and sword of the spirit. Of course, I've heard that the two witnesses are from witnesses in heaven that are there. Elijah is one of them, and uh, I can't remember the other one just yet, but there's two witnesses in heaven. And of course, I would see that there would be two witnesses here on church in the earth as churches because he references only two churches that are going to make it through this whole thing. And if we're going to make it through, we need to, you know, represent ourselves in the same light. So, so our face does need to be shining forth in his strength. When you recognize that you're not welcome where you're at, then there is something there that's bringing you out. Because something's not happening in truth. There's sides being taken, and he never wanted that within his church. His church is to have a unified body. So when you see that happening, get out. Do. Yes. And then she referenced Jesus is not coming back for peace. He's coming back with the sword. So we're seeing that right now. The sword being applied. The vast majority are comfortable in the flesh, even in church. And it seems right to operate in it, but then there's a lot of taking of offense. But it's not the truth that's being presenting it it's it's a false truth so she did have some very good things to point out and some of the things were were new things that I haven't even totally grasped on my my own uh looking at it so if you want to find her video it is truthhunters.com that's her website she does have a app that you can get called truth hunters and um, she has some different things definitely and uh, thought-provoking. It is thought-provoking. And isn't that what Jesus wants us to do, is have thought-provoking aspects? Because that's how we grow. That's how we learn. but always to bring it up before the Lord because he's going to tell you or show you 
backs he backs you so he watches over you so I'm going to end here that's what I had for this weekend it was a lot of stuff and take some time for your own seeking especially for these times that we're starting to see develop did say that we were going into perilous, dangerous times, and we're there. But I think there's even more coming. And we do need the truth. So God bless, and onward. We have to move onward. It's part of the process. And navigating through it all. So don't be alone. Within it. Seek out the ultimate source. be up higher with him because he can see everything he navigates and he does allow for things he does because it all brings it to his glory eventually because he has the plan and our hope lies in him Take care.